BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Glowdown by Breaking Beauty. Our episode featuring breaking beauty news, what products we're loving, and not so much, plus insider hair, makeup, and skin tips. And the trends that are blowing up our DMs, we've got the hot takes coming right up. Hi, guys. Hi, Jill. Hey. So you and I were just talking about the TV shows we binged on the weekend. Okay. So what's the number one you're loving? Just this weekend, I caught up on Euphoria on HBO, Mm -hmm. which is the Drake-produced Teenage Wasteland series starring Zendaya. Mm-hmm. It's really wild to watch. I'm sure many of you have seen it and uh, agree with me on that. Well, what, what have you been binging? So Diagnosis is the new show produced by Netflix in a collaboration with New York Times. And it's based on a column by Dr. Lisa Sanders that she's had for a long time in, uh, in the paper. And it's all about these rare diseases and disorders that people have where they cannot get a diagnosis. I really like true crime and investigative shows. So it kind of fills that curiosity and that like it satisfies me in that way without it being about murder, kill all the time. Right. Guys, write me about it. DM me. (laughs) I'm as obsessed as you are. Let's talk. Lachey, let's talk. (laughs) It's the perfect segue into our show today. Yeah, we have a glow down mm-hmm. and we are featuring an amazing reality show star, pop star, if you will, an explosive pop star. <laughs> and that is dermatologist Dr. Sandra Lee, aka Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh my gosh, Dr. Pimple Popper. She is such a massive sensation. I mean, her videos started out on YouTube, they went viral. Mm-hmm. And I think it really was like that car crash effect where where you would watch these live demonstrations of Dr. Sandra Lee popping these mammoth like Guinness Book of World Records size pimples. Yeah, and it doesn't flinch. And does not flinch at all. And you're sitting there, it's like one of those things where you have to watch between the slits in your fingers. Yeah. You're like, you've got your hands over your eyes. It's just absolutely cringeworthy. She's almost like a, the last resort for a lot of these people that end up on her show mm-hmm. as well. She's really changing lives. Yeah. And it's not, it's definitely not just about cosmetic no. appeal. Mm-hmm. This is, it's, it's really like medical interventions that she does with a lot of her patients. And they're not just teenagers either. She's got 80 year old patients, mm-hmm. you know, adult patients. 
She is a fountain of information. We're definitely going to like hit her with all of these acne questions. And I know so many of our listeners want us to dive deep on that topic. So we're rest assured we're going to get to that. But many of you know Dr. Pimple Popper from her YouTube channel, like you mentioned, Carlene. She's got over 5 million subscribers on there. Mm-hmm. And her Instagram has 3.5 million followers. Like, yeah, I think we should watch a video right now, Jill. Can you do it? It's okay. This is a test. Okay. I've loaded the page, her, her YouTube channel. I've sorted the videos by most popular. Oh my God. <laughs> Even the still images, I am just okay. shook. Okay. So 46 million views is this most popular video. It's called dilated pour of whiner. The top three are this big dilated pour of whiner. And so I looked yeah. up what that means. And a dilated pour of whiner is essentially a large, solitary, open comedone slash blackhead. Dead skin cells get trapped and help widen the pore and it plugs up the opening. The expression of this plug squeezes out the macerated white keratin cells from the deeper portion of the pore. So these look like pencil eraser size blackheads. Yeah. It looks like there's a spider living in there. No joke. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So So it says a giant blackhead extracted in an 85 year old accompanied by daughter. Okay. I've, I've clicked on it. I don't know if I can watch this. I don't know if I can watch this. I don't know if I can watch this. Okay. Oh my God. Here comes the needle. Oh, 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 look, it's so painful. Oh my God. Oh my God. What's good? Okay. What, what, what's, what part are you at? There's a needle going into it. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. I'm actually doing all right. I've got a sweater over my (laughs) cashmere sweater. It's saving me. Oh oh my God. There's dripping. (laughs) It's just the needle, whatever it is. That's just saline. I think think. it's a local anesthetic. (laughs) This is one pour. I honestly feel sick. Do you really? really? I do. Do you want to keep going? (laughs) I've got the sweater over my eyes, so I'm just listening She's not even watching. Oh my God, I'm watching it through the cashmere. Oh, she's about to pop it. I can't. I'm at 1.30. Oh my God. She tried to loosen it up. What is this? Now she's getting the tweezers. What is the tool? Is it like tongs? It's like tweezers. I had to look away, you guys. (laughs) Oh! Did it come out? Not yet. It's breaking off in pieces. Oh, God. But it's like dry. It's not bloody. Is it dirt? Oh, God. I just saw it came out. Holy, oh, God. holy Hannah. Oh, oh, there's the blood. It's okay, it's out. It's out. It's a hole in her skin. <laughs> me. Carlene, you know what? That's oh. one pore. Oh, my God. Ew. It looks like a worm came out of there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did she get shot? <laughs> Okay, I think we've seen enough, right? Yeah, I gotta stop it. So, (laughs) Dr. Sandra Lee's rise to fame was really kind of accidental. Yeah, right. She was just posting these kind of random. Uh, videos on YouTube extracting blackheads, extracting whiteheads, and to very little fanfare. And uh, we can get the exact media outlet from her, but I know it went for she went from like five thousand subscribers on YouTube to like eighty thousand subscribers on YouTube within one week. And then just mm-hmm. like the floodgates opened with media requests. That's how TLC found her to get her on yeah. the show. I don't think she had any intention of ever going on television. She's a very serious dermatologist. Her father was a dermatologist. Yeah, and she's got like insane surgical skill. She has her own line of skincare, which makes all kinds of sense. It's called SLMD Skincare by Sandra Lee. 
And the one thing that's really unique about her offering is that unlike Dr. Dennis Gross, Dr. Murad, Dr. Brandt, these lines that are at Sephora and are frankly quite an investment, her line is direct to consumer since 2017, but most recently it's at Target. Mm -hmm. These acne products range in price from 25 to 50 US dollars. So that's quite accessible. So in today's episode, you're going to find out what really works to get rid of adult hormonal acne, Mm -hmm. the do's and don'ts of extracting milia, sebaceous filaments, every single thing having to do with acne, we are going to do our best to get to in today's episode. And I know that you've suffered from acne yourself in the past. So you were bummed when you realized you couldn't be in town for this. I was so sad, very, Mm -hmm. very upset. But you and I work together on these questions. And so I feel like I'm getting all of my questions answered. I will do you right, girl. Yeah. So let's get into it. Here she is, Dr. Pimple Popper, right here on Breaking Beauty Podcast. So your YouTube channel has over a billion views. Three, three and a half billion views. That's unbelievable. It's crazy. Did you ever imagine as a dermatologist that this could happen? No. (laughs) I mean, if you told me this started about um, almost five years ago, if you had told me that I would be known as Dr. Pimple Popper and that I would have a show and have this reach that's international reach, which is what Mm -hmm. social media uh, makes it. Um, I would have said you were insane. I mean, yeah. like, that that sounds ridiculous. I mean, it's from pimple popping. That is what makes it ultimately ridiculous, you know? <laughs> and a lot of people do struggle with with acne. And especially, I think, at a young age, it, it's hormonal and all that. Mm. And have you paid attention? I mean, you're more of a scientist for sure. But have you noticed this, this acne positivity that's in the air? And I know you're, you pay attention to social media. What do you... What's your take on that? I think it's wonderful. I mean, I think that that's part of too what my the television show and what I try to do in in my um in my social media. I mean, I just just like last week, I had a big zit on my forehead. It's still it's still well. There's one new one coming up. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Because I've been wearing a lot of makeup in the last couple of days. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I show that I myself as a dermatologist get zits, mm-hmm. and I think that that's important to see because you know, again, there's a pushback here because we're going to this far end of everything everything being filtered and everybody looking, showing their most amazing self. And we are all, we all do it Mm -hmm. to some extent. It starts to weigh on a lot of us and there's people who take it very seriously, you know, they, they take it very heavily. So it's really nice to bring that back and say, you know, Hey, and that's what the show does too. You know, people have these huge, you know, one of the things I hear people say more than anything else is how, why did this people wait? Why did this person wait so long? How could they have walked around with this, you know, or, or we see people with really pretty common skin conditions like psoriasis that takes over your whole body, you know, or really bad acne. So um, you shouldn't judge by the armor that you wear, the skin that you wear, I suppose. Yeah. And it's important to show that mm-hmm. because it makes us all, at least hopefully it helps people feel better about themselves. Yeah. Now there's just an absolute slew of products out there for acne. Um, from my own experience, so I'm I'm beyond this now, but when I was a teenager, the type of acne that I had was right on my chin mm-hmm. mainly and sometimes in the crevices of my nose. And it I just get these giant whiteheads, like one or two of them. And, you know, I definitely struggled with that and I found it it was embarrassing and I tried to cover them up and they just look worse. And for me, I found that no matter what products I used, 
the only thing that made it go away eventually was when I went on the birth control pill. Mm-hmm. And when I grew out of it, my hormones changed. In your opinion, are there things you can really do to get rid of acne when it's hormones? Well, acne is pretty much all the main reason that exists is because of hormones. Mm -hmm. I would say that it's two part, like hormones and genetics, but genetics is tied into hormones because, you know, it's the type of skin that you're born with, the type of skin that you've been, that passed down to you. So genetics is more, if you have a really oily complexion, if your parents have been more prone to acne, you're more likely going to be, um, have, have acne as well. Hormones has everything to do with acne. And that is why we, get it primarily while we're teenagers because that's when the hormones are raging the most, Mm -hmm. but also why women tend to get it more so than men throughout their life. And it tends to be on a monthly, a cyclical basis because it's the change in our hormones. And that's why medicines that adjust our hormones can help with acne. Mm -hmm. That's why sometimes when people get pregnant, their acne clears up. Mm -hmm. Or when you are on both birth control, or also there's another product called aldactone or spironolactone, which has an anti-androgen effect. It's a pill that you can take too that also helps to sort of, because all of us have testosterone on us, even as females. And so a little higher level of that can certainly um, cause uh, more of a breakout, actually, especially in the chin area and the your like the mandible distribution. Um, so um, that's why we have medicines that actually specifically target, and they do work well. For mm-hmm. it. I mean, obviously, there's so many medications out there, and it's marketing over the counter and prescription wise to target acne, and that's because you know 90% or probably more of the population have acne or certainly have had a pimple at one time in their life. So there's a lot of different options to treat people. And it's just, it's difficult because it, because it's complicated because people's skin are different. Um, they have different levels of severity of acne. And what I like to, you know, what I think to put it all in perspective, just we all know that acne is not going to kill us. You know, it's not going to mm-hmm. threaten anyone's life. But the reason why it's so important to try to treat, especially when you have severe acne, is that it really affects your emotional well-being again. Like, mm-hmm. especially when this is happening during this time in your life where you're, you're a teenager and you're just trying to figure out who you are and how to relate to others. And now if you yeah. have this bad acne, how are you even going to talk to people? Right? Yeah. So um, it's really important to get it, get to get it cleared if, as much as you can. Um, and I think that um, certainly the other big thing is that if you, if you have um, permanent scarring and that's huge because, I mean, we see this as dermatologists all the time. You know how much it affects somebody because you see a parent bring a kid in the moment they have one little blackhead or whitehead and you can see that the parent had has acne scars and that is how much it has affected their life that they don't want their kids to go through the same thing. Right, right. Now, I became an amateur popper myself. Mm-hmm. Do you ever recommend popping at home? Um, I'm, I mean, as a dermatologist, I cannot tell people to pop. I mean, I don't think that's responsible for me to do. Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of people will do it. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people are going to anyway. So I feel like the, the best thing for me to do is to tell you when the ideal time is. I, again, this is like me educating people. I feel like if I if they understand why they're going to understand the process and it makes sense, just you, all you have to do is take the time and explain to them what, what goes on here. So the deeper that you have acne breakout or the deeper that you may traumatize your skin, which is what acne is doing is sort of Mm -hmm. traumatizing your skin, the higher chance you have of having scarring, permanent scarring. So 
the ideal time to pop a pimple is when it's the most superficial on your skin, when it's that pustule, when it's almost ready, when it's just got a thin layer of skin over it, because that's what you're trying to get out. You're just trying to help it get out at the very end. Yeah. Um, It's hard to wait, but it's really the best thing to do because if you push it too early, as we all know, when you try to squeeze one too early, it just gets madder and redder and more painful and you know it ends up being something bigger. So- When you have sensitive skin, sensitive reactive skin, and you have acne, what are your top tips for that? Because that can be tricky, right? Um, Yeah, I think that when you have sensitive skin, people with acne tend to have a more oily complexion, especially Mm -hmm. when you're a teenager. So they can tolerate a lot of these medications that we prescribe. And a lot of the medications, though, can be irritating, especially to people who are more sensitive or less Mm -hmm. oily. Um, And that's because... Oil is one of the big ingredients in acne. And so we're all, one of the targets is you're trying to decrease some of the oil production that's on the skin to kind of remove some of the oil that's on the skin. So my best advice is, I think that benzoyl peroxide tends to be more irritating. Some, a small population of people are allergic to it, truly allergic to it. And so then we recommend sulfur products usually as an Mm. alternative. I guess my best advice is that I, I cannot give you a across the board answer to that because some people are sensitive to different things. Mm. But my best, so my best recommendation is, and this is what I tell my patients is if you are sensitive to things, if you have a new product, I mean, I try to get them a sample of something first, apply it to one side, you know, apply it to one area mm-hmm. first and s- maybe even for a whole week and mm-hmm. see, see how you react to it. Mm-hmm. You know, one whole cheek or something. So you can see how you, how you react to it because you certainly wouldn't want to put it all over your face and then have a rash or irritation from it or burning and stinging. Mm-hmm. And that's across the board with any kind of product, um, yeah. especially when people have allergic contact dermatitis, like they'll have a rash of, and they can't figure out what it's coming from. A lot of the times it's from some, maybe some product that they're, something they're touching or bringing to their face or something that they're using on their face. And, and a lot of times we just have to go through this, like sort of like this rehab thing where we just say nothing, don't use anything except for a mild cleanser and then slowly add one thing back at a time, yeah. but just be very careful, you know, do it for one week, you know, and doing it slowly. And then you sort of have to eliminate it other than like allergy tests that you yeah. can do. But a lot of the times allergy tests don't even give you an answer. Now I get told by facialists and dermatologists that I have sensitive skin. And so I probably had it when I was a teenager too and didn't realize, but I think there can be a tendency to overdo things because you want that acne to be gone so badly. So you're really piling on, you know, the benzoyl peroxide or whatever and starving your skin of hydration as well. Cause you're like, I don't want this oil. I don't want this oil. Well, your skin's going to produce oil no matter what naturally. So, and it just depends. Some people produce more oil than others. I don't think that it's the case. I think some people will say, oh, if you you strip your skin of oil, you're actually going to get this rebound and produce more oil. No. You don't don't believe that? that. No, I do not think that that's the case. I've never seen that. I mean, that's not proven in any literature or anything like that or any studies. I think people just may feel that, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, just like I say that greasy foods, I I tell people that pizza only causes acne if you rub it all over your face. (laughs) You know, you, you, you know, people like to tell their kids, don't eat your pizza. That's why you're breaking out. Well, I mean, if you eat pizza, you don't suddenly feel like your face is getting all oily. I mean, yeah. maybe around your mouth because you have some of the pizza grease on your around your on your skin. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of little things that I understand people believe it and, and a lot of people believe it, but there's no real proof you know, yeah. of that. How about the uh, people who have 
adult acne and first signs of aging, what would be your approach that, what do you treat first? You know, I think that obviously I would treat their acne because Mm -hmm. sometimes, I mean, premature aging, you can't always, the damage was already done like years ago. Like you can't, now you're showing the signs of it and you can't really reverse that so much per se. You know, you can do some things to do it, but obviously if you have active acne, you want to get rid of that so that your skin feel better about your skin. That's something you can tackle first, certainly. So I would be treating that. But I think, you know, even with, so with acne, with prescription medications, one of the first things we do is use a tretinoin, like mm-hmm. a vitamin A derivative of that product that has been around for decades, generations, and it works. It is the number, one of the number one acne treatments, but it's also one of the, it's close to the number one anti-aging mm-hmm. treatment. So we're talking about a retinol Retinol, tretinoin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, retinol is the over-the-counter variety. It is not as potent, but it's the closest, is in certainly in the family is the closest you can get to getting a prescription, which is also in my acne line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a great anti-aging topical too. And that across the board is usually what we as dermatologists will give to our patients. And certainly in this situation, if somebody is dealing, has questions about premature aging, but also has active acne, likely I will give them something like that. It's a little bit different when you're an adult because sometimes as an adult, you're not as oily. So you have to be careful with that. You don't go to a higher percentage. Uh, strength is not as tolerable in an adult because we we would tend to more peel with it because um, it does kind of, it's a keratolytic or it has increases this uh, skin cell turnover. Mm-hmm. So it actually helps even with like preventing or minimizing pretty much uh, skin cancers, like early skin cancers or, uh, well, they're called actinic keratoses, which, which are pre skin cancers. Okay. Interesting. Um, so, so it's a really great product. So I would say retinol, a retinol or retin-A or tretinoin mm-hmm. in that category, I would be giving somebody that has adult acne with premature aging, but also with a caveat, be careful. This can peel you a little bit. So start off slow yeah. and, and, and advance it to every night if you can. Right. And is that something that somebody can use ongoingly? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You just got to be more careful in the sun mm-hmm. with it because it can, sometimes you, you're more, you're going to sunburn more easily potentially. So be aware of that. And yeah. but of course I want you to wear sunscreen anyway. You know, that's that very important. That happened to me before where I also got a lot of peeling on my yeah. chin from but it. But a lot of times people like a little peeling. I mean, yeah. that's what a chemical peel does too. You know, yeah. you're just doing it yourself. And as long as you're not, you certainly don't want to draw blood. You don't want to, yeah. you know, cause any kind of pigment alteration because that's of your peeling. That's when you know you're overdoing it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. You don't want to, you, you don't want to do uh, anything can be overdone. Certainly. Mm-hmm. What other thing you want to be aware of with uh, a, ret- a tretinoin product is that they are sort of deactivated by the sun. So they're best used at night. Right. Um, they're going to be more potent at night. They're just going to work better. Yeah. And does Differin fall under that category? Yeah. yeah. Dif- Differin is in the same category. Adapalene. Yeah. It's like sort of a weaker variant. It's not as irritating potentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that sounds like a great suggestion for mm-hmm. people. And what about blackheads? Is there a difference between blackheads and sebaceous filaments? You know, it's interesting. Sebaceous filaments was not really on my radar until all this blackhead and whitehead stuff came out. I mean, we see, you know, it's sort of like your little pores that are like plugged with something that looks a lot like a little hair, you know? Yeah. And they're sort of fun to pull out. You know, they happen, we see them a lot on the nose or you see them maybe with like 
pore strips that you, that's part of it is the sebaceous filaments. I think that they're kind of, they're related. They're like within the pore, you know, yeah. just a different kind of look to it or, right. you know, I think they're just more of a satisfying, I think they're always going to, just like blackheads and whiteheads, they do eventually come back because your pores are there. Yeah. And so what do you recommend for that in the way of treating blackheads? Is it, is it salicylic as well? Yes. Or, yeah. Salicylic acid is really great because um, I think it's ideal for blackheads and whiteheads because it is very forgiving with all skin types, like, um, you know, darker complected to lighter complected. Um, you don't, people don't really have problems with it. Um, like in terms of post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, having issues like that. Mm -hmm. Um, also it crystallizes to a small enough size that actually settles within your pores, help sort of almost like, um, I, I always feel like it's like that little Tide ball or something that you would put in your in your or like you know in some drinks like you shake it up and it has this little ball in there to try to help make everything like cleaned yeah. out on the inside. I feel like it's like that, like banging it up and in, in, in inside of your pore, just trying to help to make sure that it's nice and clear. Okay, that's a great description yeah. of salicylic. I haven't heard that before. So my co-host Jill is not here, but she has a question for you. Okay. She says that often when she gets a breakout, she treats it. And then the next month she gets another one in the exact same friggin' spot is her, yes. <laughs> is in her words. Why does this happen? I've had that happen before. It, it's sort of like, you know, it's like that, that acne bump doesn't really go away completely, doesn't resolve completely, but your hormones are lower at that time. And so nothing's really revved up in yeah. the area. So it's just kind of a little bit quiet. It's like hibernating. It's yeah. a little sleeping there. Waiting, yes. watching. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> it is. And I don't want to put this fear in her head because I'm sure, because I've had that before and it resolved. But sometimes when something does persist in the same area and it gets inflamed and calms down, but it keeps growing, sort of gradually it could be actually be a cyst, mm. um, which is different than the cyst that you see in acne. You know, cyst is more like an epidermoid cyst, which is has like a little sac around it. Yeah. So the issue is that that doesn't resolve completely because if you even were to squeeze some of the contents, it's like a little balloon so that the balloon is like your normal skin on your surface of your body, imagine, and it got tucked underneath. So it's like it's shedding, but it's shedding into this little balloon. Mm -hmm. So that's why it remains there because this balloon is still there you have to remove that completely. that sack to be able to get rid of that completely. Yeah. I was at a press event and they had told me this particular company based on the research that they that they did that acne actually begins 6 weeks before it shows up on your face on the surface. And I thought, well, that's interesting. But sometimes I really feel like if I just am flying and I get off a flight within a few days, there's I'm going to get. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What don't, that means. I, no, I don't know. I mean, I think it ranges. I mean, I think that, yeah, you have, like I said, bumps underneath the skin that are sort of hiding and, and like in dormant, you know, that are going to come up again when you get irritated again. But no, I think you clog a pore. It could, it could happen very quickly. It could happen yeah. within a few days. I agree. That's what my gut said. I'm with yes. you. Again, a lot of people deal with scarring. You mentioned that. And that's a huge issue because whereas acne is temporary, scarring is for life. Right. So how do you treat that? What's the best line of defense? Well, this is why it's difficult because scarring is very difficult to treat. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes, depending on the scarring, it's impossible to really treat it. I mean, it completely. So there's different levels. So first of all, there is a 
misconception with scarring here because a lot of times people will freak out and they think that they have scarring when they actually don't. And that's when I, those are the news I usually like to give yeah. uh, because to us as dermatologists, scarring means something permanent mm-hmm. um, change to your skin. Um, but people can have after acne, you probably, because you're lighter and you have more of a red base, you probably would get more red spots afterwards. Mm-hmm. Post-inflammatory erythema, it's called. Me, when I get dark areas or even darker people than me, they will get a brown spot afterwards. Right. And that's called post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. That is temporary. It might last for a few months, but it's mm-hmm. temporary and that goes away. So some people think that's scarring, but that's really not true scarring. And that's good. Yeah. And that's what the majority of people get. I'm sure, you know, the only problem with that is sometimes people will have so many of those from pre, it's like they persist for so long. They might maybe last three to six months and they might only get like five pimples at any given time. But if all those turn into that, it's like they look like they have hundreds of acne bumps. They look like they're just have terrible acne, but if you look closely, they actually have five pimples at one right. time. Yeah. So it can be very distressing even to have that. So the point is, is that at that point with those people, like with dark spots, for example, you try to lighten the dark spots at the mm-hmm. same time or tell them, reassure them and say, hey, get your acne and let's get your acne control. It's, it's not going to be as difficult because you don't have that much, you know, yeah. it's not as severe, but that's the first step. Getting ahead then of it all again. of this will help clear. I just, you just have to be patient with it. Yeah. But acne scarring is different. And there's really, I think like about three or four types of acne scars. There's different things that we try to do. We try to fill from underneath, like with a filler. Right. Um, uh, or stretch the skin that way. Yeah. And you also try to like um, sand the skin essentially, like using dermabrasion or using a um, a blade, a laser, like non-ablative or ablative laser, like a CO2 laser. Mm-hmm. And the issue is, is that with, for example, a laser, something that you're trying to sand the surface down, imagine you're taking this little speed bump and you're lowering it a little bit. Yeah, it's making it less wide, right? Mm-hmm. That is helping it. And there's only so much depth that you can go safely because mm-hmm. a lighter person, you can go deeper and be more aggressive, but a darker person like myself, you cannot do that because, mm-hmm. or you can, some people will do it. Some doctors will do it that are, you know, like the person that I train under, he's amazing, a genius, but, and he will do that more, but I am not going to do that because there yeah. are higher risks of side effects because a darker person, if you go too deep, and sand somebody down essentially or laser somebody, you would destroy their melanocytes, which Mm -hmm. are the pigment cells. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting so technical. No, I love it. And our listeners will love it. Trust, keep going. Well, that you destroy their melanocytes, which are the pigment producing cells. And when you do that, you are left with a permanent hypopigmentation, meaning that area can be a white patch. Right. You know, maybe you don't have the acne scar anymore, but if you have something white, you see the difference and that can be permanent. You can't get those pigment cells back. Yeah. And so, So that's what complicates. So you see how complicated all of this is. And that is why it's so important to treat acne if you have the potential to permanently scar. And to be clear, is the scarring, is that only going to happen if people pick? Or it definitely good. happens if people pick. But, but if no, they does don't not pick? Necessar- even if you don't pick, if you have deep-seated acne that has inflammation that is deeper-seated, it will likely, it has more likely to scar. Even Much if you more don't like pick. Yes. Oh man, yeah. that's a bummer. But picking is a bad thing. Yes. Picking yeah. is not good. Back to the scarring. I feel like the 
the peels that you can get at home and the micro, you know, yeah, like they're the, great things. Mm-hmm. The, those have come a long way. Yes. I think. Yeah. And, and it's wonderful. I'm not just, dis- I'm, I'm also not discounting, you know, I, I have products that I recommend to patients, yeah. you know, I'm not, um, I, I'm not, I don't want to depress anybody. Certainly. Yeah. I just want to make sure, you know, it's wonderful that there's all these new products because there's always innovation. There's always something, something's going to hit, you know, yeah. something, there are great innovations that have happened in lasers, for example, but in the majority, but a lot of lasers, they don't, they don't do what they, they don't do what they tout that they're going to, or that mm. they, they don't do any, anything that significant. The at home ones you mean? At home, certainly at home, but even the ones that you pay for. Really? Absolutely. I mean, they, they are, which ones are bogus? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if I could say I can say that. I, I would just say in general, it's important to manage people's expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, there's lasers that have no time time that make you feel more radiant and make you may make you a uh, skin look great temporarily uh, and maybe somewhat change, just like retinol, retin-A, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be some change to it, but over a long time period. Yeah. And just, you know, in general, the things that tend to have the more downtime tend to have more of an effect. Right. Um, but they have more downtime, you yeah. know, and they're oftentimes more expensive. Yeah, for sure. But there's definitely things that you can do at home, you know, keeping your skin nice and clean, making it look as beautiful as it can. That all, all goes with being happy and feeling good about yourself, feeling confident. And that all goes together with feeling younger and, and you know, and, yeah. and looking younger. So we talked about some key ingredients to look for. Salicylic acid mm-hmm. is a great one. Um, Retin-A or retinol is a good one. Um, are there any ingredients that people with acne should definitely avoid in their routine? Uh, I don't know, topical hormone creams maybe on the <laughs> face? I, I mean, I, I think that you know, one of the main causes of acne certainly is occlusion, like people with like people with heavy hair product in their hair and they wear their hair across their face. They will tend to get breakouts on that okay. side because yeah. things are bl- kind of clogging their pores or um, violinists with the chin. They can get breakouts on the chin because of chin yeah. strap football players or cell you know, phone. Yes. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of things that can happen from things that you might put on your face. So think about that, too, when you're using products on your face, try to minimize, um, you know, minimize the occlusion or the time in which you have. I mean, I have makeup on the last few days all day, you know, heavy, full makeup because I was doing a lot of interviews and things. And, you know, I feel it on my face at the end. I just feel like the heaviness and I feel more prone to irritation and rashes and breakouts. You yeah, know? it does clog uh, pores. Yeah, yeah, and it's just not. Um, so just being aware of those sorts of things, letting your skin sort of breathe, you know, letting yeah. it be for a little bit, um, not overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, to, I like to take a little break, make like on yeah. Sundays, I'm never wearing makeup, right, right. you know, what's your personal favorite or most satisfying skin condition to tackle at the office and why? <laughs> I think it changes mm-hmm. right now. It's, I've been in practice for about, what is it like 14 years? I always get it wrong. It's like, I think it's about 15 years or so. And on the show, I get runs of things because the show, the TLC show comes out and I, and there's a, and there's a particularly moving case. Maybe then I get people coming to my office 
And uh, recently there was a rhinophyma. Have you heard of rhinophyma? No. Rhinophyma is like a form of rosacea. Okay. But it's when you have, I'm sure you've seen this though before. When you have, um, it's a severe form where you have thickening of your skin, particularly on your nose. It happens mostly right. in men. Mm-hmm. And they get like a very thick, like WC fields. Yeah. Really thick in nose, really patchless or dilated follicles, a lot of oil and sebum just, yeah. just, gr- just Does it get bumpy there. as well? It can get bumping. It also, it actually looks sometimes like you take a put, stick of chewing gum and you stick it on the side of your yeah. on the side of your nose and it can be quite disfiguring and mm-hmm. you know you can't you present yourself to the world and that's what you it's right in the middle of your face you know mm-hmm. you can't you can't avoid it and if you had a run of them like about six seven of them in a row really dramatic ones it is the most wonderful it's like a gift to me mm-hmm. that I get to treat them it is it is it takes it's fun. I know mm-hmm. it's weird to say. It's just fun because you like get to uncover this new nose and it's so, it may look like like scary to people, but it's not painful and it's actually quick recovery. I, I'll show you pictures on my mm-hmm. phone of just someone we recently did. And it is just heartwarming, the gratitude that these patients have. Just, it's wonderful. What I get to do, I'm really, really lucky because you know, you get to do things that you're not really like directly saving a person's life. You're creating more joy or you're saving mm-hmm. their joy in their life. Really, mm-hmm. you know, they re- now they can hold their head up. I mean, you don't really think about it until you actually see somebody like, and you realize that this is a daily. You can't talk to anybody mm-hmm. without them seeing this. Right. You know, how do you live like this? Yeah. And, and nobody may want to do anything because it's not life threatening. You don't right. need to do anything with it. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not medically necessary. Mm-hmm. So it's just really nice to be able to transform somebody yeah. in that way. I, I can show you a picture and you can, you can actually even put well, it you, on your... You think about the joy that somebody gets just from getting a great blowout at a salon. I mean, yes. it's like that, but times a thousand, right? Well, I mean, it's... But a blowout, even if you have bad hair day, you can go out and still yeah. run to the store. Yeah, you exactly. can't run anywhere yeah. without it, um, you know, without... without uh, somebody seeing that. I mean, yeah, it's truly life changing. I mean, this is like example, this is not even a severe case, Yeah, but the before and after that you do, that's like, can be a week later there that they're clearing up, you know, afterwards he's so happy. Yeah. I'm just so, it's just so nice that I get to do something. So rhinophyma right now is one of my favorite, most satisfying. Yeah. That was a long story, but it was, that's my favorite. (laughs) and the most satisfying type of pop now. I didn't do very many before this, but doing six in a row really helped to increase my my experience with it. (laughs) So it was great. And you talked before about managing expectations. And so, you know, getting back to these quite severe cases of acne that can really you know, again, mess with somebody's identity when as a teenager, especially when they're really vulnerable, what can they expect if they go through, like if they come to see you and you were to do like an at-home system, get them going on it and you're going to do some stuff in office and, and all that, is it going to clear up 100% or is it going to clear up 50%? What, what do you feel like is a realistic range that people can expect? I mean, we try to clear people up. 
100 yeah. percent with acne. I think managing expectations is more that it's not going to happen overnight. Right. Um, that's the most important thing that people yeah. know. It didn't start overnight, and it's not going to happen. It's not going to clear overnight. That's yeah. the most important thing because people get impatient, especially teenagers. We get yeah. you get impatient. And so you talked about you have your own line. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's available in the U.S. at Target, yes. which I at think Target, is so yes. I know. amazing. I know it's so it's, accessible. Yes, it's so wonderful. I'm I'm blessed for. I mean, I I it's amazing that 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 we have that and that exists. Yes, and we are also at slmdskincare.com. We're trying to get to Canada. It's yeah. difficult though. It's very hard, especially yeah. with medical products. Absolutely. To get it, you know, Health Canada. Yeah. There, there's different yeah. rules too. We're trying to get into, we're working closely. We're, I think we're getting close, but we're trying to get to, into the UK as well. Okay. But there's just different rules um, with different medications really yeah. too. Changes, differences in it. So if we were to look inside your bathroom cabinet, what would your skincare routine look like? Maybe if you do use any other brands, if you can mention them sure. just because your own course, line is not course. available. And your own line is called SLMD. Yes, Sandra Lee MD Skincare. Skincare, yes. just yes. to be yes. clear on that. SLMD Skincare. Yeah, so what's in your cabinet? Um, my cabinet has a lot of little extra things because people give me product. You know, I get products all the time, mm-hmm. just like, you know, beauty bloggers may, but I get more like medical, you know, like different companies. And I have a lot of prescription medications in my closet. <laughs> but I, I, I'm pretty simple. Um, I love... CeraVe or Cetaphil um, cleanser or hydrating cleanser. I like a little bit with salicylic acid as well. I mean, we have a salicylic acid cleanser, but I think that um, CeraVe has a really nice cleanser as well mm-hmm. um, that hydrates. I'm on the dry side. Mm-hmm. So I tend to um, like uh, something that is not going to really strip a lot of oils from my skin. Mm-hmm. I also really like, I like Neutrogena's Hydropoose. It's hyaluronic acid mm-hmm. in it. And that's great because it helps to really, you know, the best time to actually moisturize your body or your face is right after you wash it. Mm-hmm. Because if you leave that water on your body or on your face, and it dries as it evaporates, it pulls your moisture with it. Mm-hmm. So really the time is when it's still damp and you put moisture, you'll help to seal that in. Yeah. So we're um, big fans of the Hydro yes. Boost too. Yes, I like Hydro Boost. And then I just, I'm really pretty straightforward. I tend to get more little brown spots and things. So I, I will use a little retinol mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm a little more sensitive too. So I tend to use retinol because retin-A is too drying or tretinoin yeah. is too drying for me. And, and that's it. I just, I mainly clean my face at night. Yeah. I just main, I do a, like a very, very light clean in the morning because I have, again, I dry. So I don't like to over, I don't like to strip a lot of the oils from my face. Anytime you put water on it, you're going to pull, I'm going to pull yeah. out oil from my so face. So what do you use in the morning? I know a lot of people don't wash I put more moisturizer in the morning. I put another so little layer wash. of Hydro Boost. No, I really make clean like, a, like, you know, around my eyes, like a little crusties or like yeah. a little, you know what I mean? Like with a little a makeup clean a little that sort of thing but I don't really clean my face I hear that more and more these days yeah. yeah, but it's not really dirty. I mean, I've yeah. just been sleeping. That's yeah, all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you did your routine. Yeah, did but if somebody's oily, at night. I understand. If somebody's yeah. oily, you do feel like you want to. Yeah. You know? I need to break out. I need to get onto this new program. Well, but it also matters what type of skin you have. I mean, yeah. you may not need, you don't need to do, if you're doing great, don't, 
That is one thing that I think is really important. Don't do something because your best friend does it and they swear by it or people say that you should, that this is what they do. You have to listen to your own skin and you have great skin. So you, you're Thank listening you. to it correctly. You know, I think that that's important to not, it's sort of important to not go with the crowd necessarily with this. If you, if something that you use makes you feel good, makes you look better, makes yeah. you feel great, keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would do. And do you ever do microneedling or any of those? I have done micro. I've done my microneedling. I mean, I've I've done like other like like a little Botox and things yeah. like that. Certainly, um, microneedling I think is great. It's interesting. It's probably one of the things that are newer that have come out that has consistently stayed. Mm. I think there's something to be said about it. You know, kind of um, puncturing the skin. But I'm also really bad in terms of. You know, when you have your own pool, you never go swimming. Like, you know, yeah. I don't do laser hair <laughs> removal on my armpits because it's there. But I just, you know, I want to go home at the end of the day. You know, yeah. I don't want to sit there and get a treatment. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I got it. I totally got it. Has there anything in all of your shows and your videos that you've ever done that's actually made you kind of stop and like queasy or anything? Or are you just such a pro that never happens? I cannot watch other people's uh, surgeries. Like really, do the same. Like if they have a cyst or something that or abscess, or I, I can't watch it. Really? Yeah, it grosses me out. <laughs> but you can watch your own. I can watch my own because I'm in control. I think yeah. part of it is me seeing it, and I know the patient's not in any pain, and I know we're removing the sac completely, or I'm get, making the best shot that I can, or yeah. I'm trying to remove this because a lot of times when you're watching it. They're using paper towels and they're like, there's dogs barking and there's dirty <laughs> fingernails. And I know there's no anesthesia and I know yeah. they're not getting rid of the whole thing. So it's going to come back. It's going to get worse. And just yeah. like, I don't, I, I can't watch it. Right. Okay. My last question for you is now you've talked about how people come to you and you're making such a big difference in their lives. Is there one kind of story that stuck with you where really, truly the transformation was just, you'll never forget. I have a few of them. I mean, I feel like I'm so lucky that I get to see, it's different for me because I actually get to see people afterwards on the show or just, you know, they come back and they'll say how I've affected their life. And because most dermatologists don't get to see that. Most doctors mm -hmm. don't get to see that. You, they're gone and you That's don't see true. them again. So um, a lot of my patients have affected me and made me, by no means is this not stressful, what we're, I'm doing. It's very stressful. I feel like I have this huge, like in one sense, I'd be happy to not do any more of these surgeries because like mm -hmm. it's it's a stressful thing because mm -hmm. there's a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you see that you've become a part of somebody's life, you know, that mm -hmm. you didn't know and, and they treasure you and I treasure them. And it's just a really special thing. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many, like from the very get-go that Mama Squishy, who has steatosystomas on my, and my, my YouTube, a lot of people who watch it, they know her. We developed mm -hmm. this relationship. It's just, it's almost like you're just hanging out with two girlfriends that happen to, and watching these great pops at the same time. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, just, just people that have, have become my friends. I think that yeah. is really nice. The Papaholics. Yes. The Papaholics. <laughs> it's really, what's so nice about the community that uh, in my web YouTube is that everybody's so positive. I think it's partly that they found their people, Yeah. but they're not, nobody judges you for, it's just a really kind community. When you go into other people's comments, people are mean. They're, they're just, trolls. Yeah. No, my very few, Yeah. It, very, very few. And, and it's just, they're just so such good people and they're so happy 
mm-hmm. it's so interesting that something that is based on like sort of grotesque or shocking actually is the reason why it's successful and why it grows is because it makes everybody happy. Mm-hmm. The people that watch it, they feel good for that person. The people that are having it done feel good because they're getting this done. You know, it just brings like joy to a lot of people, which is so weird, but that's why it works. Thanks for tuning in. Visit breakingbeautypodcast.com for details on all the damn good products we talked about in today's episode. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. You won't miss a single thing. Or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast fix. And please show us some love by rating us or reviewing us in iTunes. See you next time. Like a cherry bomb, like a cherry bomb.